guys. Dom, uh, I think I'm drinking the last tree of the treehouse room that we made. Yeah, let me savor this one. End of there. This is Craig. I have a uh, uh, Harbor Walk Citra Pale Ale from Hopsters Brewing Company. Hey guys, this is Corey. A little splash effect on that one. Uh, I got a peach smoothie IPA from Mighty Squirrel. Uh, usually drinking cloud candy from them, but trying something new today. All right, try to get this thing going. All right. This is Scott here drinking a IPA from One Love Brewery in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Was up there uh, last night, so I grabbed a few of these crawlers. Did you check out the uh, ice castles? They're not there yet. It's too warm. Ah. We actually we were thinking that like. Guys, it's December. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And it was like, well, there's no snow. <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. We can't skate on the on the ponds yet, so we probably can't build yeah, ice caps. You know, <laughs> no, no. True. Um, yes, yeah, so we are top shelf fantasy. This is uh, podcast number 47. We're almost to 50, boys. Almost to 50. And then we made it. We'll be, we'll be there. Uh, <laughs> then we made it. Then we're legit. Yep. Oh yeah, great time. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, the handle at top shelf fntsy. Listen to this podcast on Spotify iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and on our website or wherever you guys listen to um, your podcast. Um, all right, let's get into a few a few things here. Uh, Patriots in the news again. Um, you know, yeah. we're they're cheaters, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, we so have naturally. to film Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the argument like, oh, you're going to film Cincinnati. I think the converse side of that argument is you got caught filming Cincinnati you've done it to every other team too probably the double quadruple flip side of this is it looks like it's going to blow over it's kind of nothing uh it seems like the NFL even knows it's nothing happened in 2011 to the Jets same exact situation I don't think it's going to be a big issue but it's the Patriots so we'll probably lose a first round draft pick and uh, a couple million dollars and and all the fantasy points that you had all year on your uh yeah your teams are all null and void Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just wait for There'll those. Be, wait for those arguments. In your this is the perfect league. cover up for Jermaine Boger's uh, abomination of a game. Yeah, it's it's absolute perfect timing. It's just a, a classic misdirection fun, by the fun league. Stuff though. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should be talking about. Jerome Boger should never son of a bitch. officiate another football yeah, game that, in his life. That was just a bad. I mean, those calls. They're egregious. Were, were, he didn't even get the yardage right. No, <laughs> you, penalty. You can't How, which is awful. I mean, yeah. if that's any other team, I, I mean, you you should call a touchdown at first, and then you go back and review it. You don't just call it out of bounds. You know, I think it was out of bounds. I, I thought I saw that he was clearly had like a few inches too. I mean, I've seen some close calls, but that was pretty. Yeah, he was pretty in bounds. And I, I like outside of the Nikhil Harry touchdown, the pass interference, the fumble. Say what you will. The amount of flags that were picked up, that crew had no idea what they were doing. They were throwing flags re- left and right. Yeah. And you guys were there. So yeah. was the crowd just going Oh, we were absolute. booing the rest like crazy. <laughs> and I, I was, I've was i been hearing on like local radio that they're like, oh, they were booing the team. And I was like, pretty sure most of those boos, I mean, we booed them at half. At halftime. It I, was I was going to say at halftime, I, I booed I, I mean, everybody team. booed them, I think. Yeah. Out of, well, out of halftime. I booed but. him off the field at halftime, but uh, they deserved Every, everything. <laughs> everything else in the second half was directed towards the refs. All of my anger was directed at them. Uh, terrible. Just terrible game. I mean, you had so many bad calls that Belichick uses his challenges and gets them successfully overturned, or in some cases not, but had to use his challenges. Uh, I'm thinking specifically about that first down, short spot. Then they also didn't call Travis Kelsey for the pick play on two guys altogether. You force him to use 
the challenges. So we don't have a challenge remaining for the Nikhil Harry issue. Right. It, like, it's just so bad that it has to come down to a booth review at that point. There needs to be a change in the in the rules. Like, the, well, booth, na- the booth has to be able to call that in. You're supposed right. to call it a touchdown on the field, so well, that you too. naturally have to review yep. it. The well, same thing with the turnover. You're supposed to call it a turnover and let the play play out. And oh, so the, that the fumble. Is, I forgot about the fumble. Yeah, so oh, there, the fumble that, that fumble was one of the you challenge You can't blow that, that dead. that away. You 1 million percent can't blow that dead because if you let it play out, I think that Gilmore That's gets tackled right at about the 20. But, but right, but it's it's you know, yeah, if you have Patriots sweet. defense and fantasy, pissed. Oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I do, and I'm livid. You know? <laughs> I mean, so yeah, um, there's there's, well, there's yeah, and, and if you if you got if you lost your fantasy matchup by a Tom Brady touchdown that called back a Nikhil Harry touchdown if you're playing Nikhil Harry, I mean you have other we have other reasons to blame you if you're playing Nikhil Harry at this point. But <laughs> you're in but, the console. You but if you had him in and you lost by three points, you know, I'd be pissed too. You know, uh Philip Dorsett who could have possibly had a touchdown or at least a huge gain. And and all of these go back to your Brady points. So you might have played Brady against a KC defense. So was- yeah, massive wide reaching fantasy implications absolutely stolen by from you by Jerome Boger. You know, write him a letter. Play Jerome Boger. You won some leagues. Oh, Jerome Boger, best defense <laughs> of the week. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into yeah. some of the guys who went on to the IR. Another reason. For just, a few, just a few. Just a few. Just a few. Massive fantasy. So it's literally my team. It's my whole team. <laughs> Rashad Penny, Calvin Ridley, uh, Paris Campbell, Marvin Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, Adam Vinatieri. Um, Mike Evans, who have they put him he's, on the he's IR? He's avoided the IR because I think that um, they're thinking maybe playoffs. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he's out for the season in uh, Darius Glass Bones Geis. Yep, on yeah. the IR. Geis is one of those guys who just doesn't look like he's going to put it together. Like, I, I, I've said it since he came uh, into the league. He's, he's a talented running back. He can't stay healthy. <laughs> um, so those are all your guys that go on the IR. And then you got Daniel Jones, who's still missing time. DJ Sharks in a walking boot. He most likely won't play this yeah, week. Yeah, didn't he practice today, practice which right. is bad. Uh, Christian Kirk's questionable with an ankle. Jameis has a fractured thumb. So, I mean, those interceptions are just going to go up. I, I want him <laughs> to go. lead in yards, touchdowns, <laughs> Me and too, so bad. It's, uh, <laughs> it should be it'll awesome. Be is it a fractured thumb on his throwing hand, too? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Most, I don't know. If it's, that's if usually it's where that happens or... from the. You know, it might through. be better for him because he might actually throw like the wrong <laughs> yeah, way, which is the right way. <laughs> Maybe he'll be <laughs> thinking about ten, it. In ten yards. Actually yep. thinking about it. Uh, they'll, they'll actually have a week where Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are both relevant. <laughs> that will that will never happen. <laughs> no. That that will never happen. Bold prediction. Uh, talk about what we learned this year. <laughs> L- Lamar Jackson's playing right now. Um, and then Pat Mahomes has a hand injury, but he's he's, he's gonna fine. end up playing through it, yeah. so he's gonna be good. So we, I mean, that's that's about what we have for the news. I mean, uh, Greg Olson, I know he's a guy that we were tracking because he's on our ESPN league uh, team in the doctors uh, league. He's still in concussion protocol. Um, yeah, and after that hit oh, he took, wow. I would not expect him back in two weeks. This, that's that's a quick turnaround. You've seen, you've seen he was out of, on the field. A lot of players. I mean, this year we go said it at, at the time. We wouldn't be surprised if that was his last game he's ever played because it looked that bad. Well, and E. Thomas looks great, so that's yeah. the future yeah. tight end right there. Also, my bull prediction was wrong last week, but it came close. Ian Thomas had like fourteen fantasy points. I think he was tied in like six. I said he was top five. We had. It's six tight ends score over ten points <laughs> in one week. That's unreal. Hurt. What the yes. hell? I, I, what happened? <laughs> when I saw fourteen point five, I'm like, oh, it's easy top five. I'm like he's not even top five. It's a pretty good week for well the whole Zach Ertz thing on yeah. Monday night. Didn't, That's but, true. Uh, 
Uh, I believe I hit my bowl prediction last week with uh, Emmanuel Sanders would be the number one pass catcher. I think George, George Kittle pushed him, but it was close. I yeah. was very wrong about Jeff Wilson, but that was to be expected. <laughs> I was – what was yours? I was I was on point with mine. Darwin Thompson was going to score the most fantasy points did out he? of the can- – he did. And I said all he needed to do was like 2.3 yeah, points. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> he ended the game with like three or four points. Did he really? Yeah, he, oh, was, wow. the, he was the most uh, – that's, I, that's he so caught weird. a bunch of passes out of the backfield because I remember watching it at the Pats game and just going, oh, well, there's Darwin again. Um, all right, so we're going to kind of get away from Hold'em Fold'ems. I mean, it's getting redundant. You're at this point in the season now where, you know, we've Craig has said it. We've all kind of said it. And you go with the guys that you have on your team and that have gotten you to where you are. So you're not really making too many roster moves at this point in time. It's really whoever's on your roster, it's – who do you start? Because if you get guys on your roster, you're not playing. I mean, it's pointless. So we're going to kind of take this segment into something a little bit different, uh, reflect back on 2019. I think the next couple of podcasts will kind of reflect back on what we saw, what we kind of learned, uh, and, and what we should look forward in, in 2020. Uh, so I can kick it off. Um, one of the things that I've learned, uh, and really over the last couple of years, I mean, people talk about the zero RB strategy and just go in and draft a bunch of wide receivers and don't draft running backs. But we talk about the scarcity of running backs, and that's why everybody's after them. I am starting to lean more and more towards this zero RB strategy or taking wide receivers because they are far more... I want to say predictable or reliable than running backs are. I mean, look at the run, running back landscape right now. I mean, it, it's 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 a brutal mess. I mean, we're talking about having guys like Patrick Laird in, in the conversation, Bo Scarborough. Ooh, yeah. You know, there's guys out there that, you know, Raheem Mostert comes out of nowhere. These running backs that you grab early, Damian Williams hasn't been on the field. He was a guy being drafted in the second round. If you're not getting the um, Christian McCaffrey's, I mean, Saquon's been down. Alvin's been down. Uh, Connor's been hurt most David of the year. Johnson. David, David Johnson. <laughs> Joe Mixon, who was Joe up there. Mixon, Lev yeah. Bell. I mean, these were all guys <laughs> drafted in the first round um, that really haven't lived up to the hype. So if if you have the chance to get a Michael Thomas and uh, a Mike Evans coming out of the first and second round, that is, that's the stack that I want to start my draft with. So I think looking back, if you don't have the opportunity to get Christian McCaffrey, I think I'm looking right at wide receivers next year. And I think just looking forward, like you look at what the landscape is. If you were taking a reach just to get a running back, you made the wrong decision. I, I completely agree with you as far as if you can't get one of those top, top guys like Christian McCaffrey, probably next year, Dalvin Cook's going to be in that conversation. Right. Those are probably your two guys that are your locks. You go wide receiver. That being said, I tried that this year. I got Mike Evans and Odell first and second round. Did not work out, Odell. I mean, thank you. You can you can still pick the wrong wide receivers, yeah, but yeah. It, the, the 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 strategy is sound. The if you if you put in the thought that there's going to be at least and and this this is going to be something that we start talking about as we get into 2020. You need to identify tier breaks and you need to identify them clearly. The tier break in wide receivers is far longer than it is at running back. We said Chris McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, those are going to be your lock top running backs that are drafted and, and likely your one and two picks going into next year with Zeke in that conversation. Your wide receivers are going to probably be 10 to 11 guys deep yep. on what that return is. And that 12th wide receiver is probably going to be comparable to the RB8. Yeah. 
So it, it's it's you can still be wrong, but a majority of the time, I would think that you're not. Yeah, you definitely always have to come out of those first five rounds with at least three wide receivers, in my personal opinion. Um, I always come out of those with more wide receivers than running backs due to the fact that you are going to have more running back turnover and wide receivers, yes, as, as they are deeper. Um, there's more... Um, that you want to get towards the top part of the to the draft. I mean, and trades happen throughout the season, so you always have to keep that in mind. Um, I have done the zero running back strategy before. It has worked out. I have got to the playoffs with it. Um, of course, you know, injuries throughout the season, luck, you know, happens in fantasy football. So you have to, um, you know, obviously get, get the right share of luck. Um, you, you, know, have to, you have to properly identify. And I didn't read everybody else's here, so Scotty's is actually a great transition, I think, to the next – what have we learned? But you have to be able to identify when to pick up players. If you're going with a zero running back strategy or you're going in and you're saying, hey, I, I just want to lock in solid fantasy production. And ha- oh, my oh, God. Jamison Crowder has had the drop oh, of his Crowder, career. Dude. I sat him this week, it's too. A, thank I God. Sat, I sat him, too. It's a very good thing I did. Oh, my. All right. That was a walk. Yeah, so Wide mine was, I mean, mine's not completely opposite. It's more of. I've always been a big believer in, you know, get your RBs, but this year I wish that you got even more. Like Tom says, you know, if you go into the first two rounds and you pick up Saquon the first round, then you think you're, you know, you don't get, you don't need a RB in the next like five rounds. So you have the best one in the league that your team is probably in shambles because you only had Saquon and then you probably drafted a, I don't know, like a RB three after that. But my thing is, I wish I drafted a lot. Did did you catch that? Yeah, he catches that. that so he caught. So Crowder just caught a very tough ball, but he dropped the easy one. Anyways, I wish I drafted even more running backs this season, um, even later too, because like Tom says, you got those guys like Mostert that actually probably wasn't even drafted. But right, um, like I, I wish I drafted Mark Ingram before I drafted a. Yeah, uh, WR three because he was surprise. going in the twenties, um, RB twenties. So, right, and there's going to be those outlier guys, right? Like the the Mark Ingrams of the world, and and these are Mark Ingram's actually a perfect example of a guy that I think everybody in the fantasy community was sleeping on. If you can identify guys like that, you can go out and and get them in the. I don't know what was he probably going fourth, fifth round. He was going. End we'll of get the third, we'll get an ADP, I'm sure, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no, I I disagree in the sense that if you grab RBs early and you go running back, running back, running back, in in the narrow unless your name is Scott Cobbley, yeah. one of those one of those guys likely doesn't still have their job. Yeah, or so they're on the IR. Th- this guy in our league drafted McCaffrey one and then on the wraparound, Delvin Cook and Nick Chubb. So that's a hit, hit, hit right in a row, and then I've got to Saquon, AB, and Karen Johnson. Then I thought it was set for RB, so I didn't touch an RB for a long time. And that killed me. <laughs> because right, yeah. Karen was out for the year. Barkley might as well have been out for the year because like his He's 10 points a game year. isn't going to do anything. But, um, yeah, that's my thing. I, I wish I'd grab more RBs, even grab some um, later just to have a, you know, insurance but scotty don't so and and speaking speaking of later and all these you know late guys we talk about with those wide receivers in drafts you're going to find every year in the beginning part of of drafts you're you're going to hear 
um, you know, get as many running backs, get as many wide receivers as possible. And it's absolutely right. You want as many as possible. However, there has been a trend the last couple of years now where there is towards the end of preseason, you see a, or even towards the middle, some somewhere in camp that a tight end shows up and you're, you, you have all this buzz about him and it's like, well, he's a flyer, you know, whatever. What, what are you going to do? A lot of people are drafting tight ends somewhere in the middle to later part of their drafts, but that last round or, or second to last round, you're not picking a tight end because you already have one. And a lot of people say, don't roster two tight ends. And I know I heard it this past season. I've thought about doing it, getting the two tight ends. The year before, I actually did it. I ended up drafting George Kittle. And he was the one that one surprise big hype tight end that came out of camp and it ended up really working out for me. This past year was Darren Waller and Will Disley. And both those guys went undrafted, but week one right away was picked up real fast. TJ Hawkinson was a guy that started off really hot and picked up really quick because he was a rookie and all that. And he did have a pretty down year, but those are the type of tight ends, you know, two out of three on that hype you know, area where you're looking at maybe getting a wide receiver that's maybe not going to even play on your roster. We talk about that first round and how a lot of them are busts with all those running backs. And, you know, we even mentioned something that around 50% of your draft is not even going to be on rosters at the end of the season. And it, the, the number might even be higher. And if you're going to possibly think about, you know, I don't need to roster two tight ends. Well, you have Darren Waller and Will Disley for the rest, or obviously Disley got hurt, but Waller for the rest of the season, and you absolutely got a steal. That position is terrible. We all know it, and I am, I've am i learned not to listen to the others. I am going to be drafting two tight ends next year. I'm going to draft that hype guy because even if not, that's a guy I can drop right away. I have the answer week one. That's something that we talked about early on in the season, having the answer right away. Yeah, and, and just to piggyback it, like, would you rather Dante Pettis or Darren Waller? Like, <laughs> like that is the perfect example of you drafted Dante Pettis because of the hype and it didn't work out. But, you know, had you just gone with the tight end, the scarcity position for the guy that was getting hype on a team that didn't have any pass catchers. Yeah. And we all talked about Waller all summer. Yeah. And still, I still didn't, didn't go out and draft. I think it did in the um, TSF um in in the league. listener league, because, just because it was uh, he went yeah, undrafted in our dynasty league. That was crazy. Yes, he went undrafted. And in the I, I mean, we also did I that think, in early July. It was, yeah, it was before. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people knew of him. It was um, before, but um, still, I mean, we, he was on the radar. Hard knocks, yeah, that's when I picked him up when I saw Hard Knocks. Hard and John yeah. Gruden was in love with the kid. But but in, before that, we all kind of knew about him. We knew he was there. He might have a breakout season, but. Yeah, you heard about it. I think we were all like, you know, it's still, you know it's still a tight end. You know why? Because everyone already drafted a tight end. <laughs> and you are and you hear it all the time, don't draft two tight ends, you're an idiot if you do it. Well, and it's 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 similar to the quarterback thinking. It don't is. draft two quarterbacks. Wait late on your quarterbacks. If you don't get Travis Especially Kelsey or Zach or, you know, or, you know, or Kittle. Lamar you know who the number two yeah. quarterback was? If, if someone drafted two quarterbacks, who that first quarterback they drafted? The guy we're watching right now that is now league MVP. Lamar Jackson. He is very good. Very, very good. Uh, Corey, right, what so, did you learn? Yeah, I'll get into what I learned <laughs> here. Um, Actually, mine's less ball. like position specific. You guys kind of had a spot you're talking about. Mine's kind of, a, I don't know, a general philosophy thing. 
in the last week alone, we've seen like 10 guys hit IR, maybe even more if you count insignificant fantasy players, but 10 significant fantasy players head to IR in the past week or maybe week and a half. What I've learned is don't rest on your laurels just because you're in the playoffs. It's week 10. You're like, my team is set. I'm good. I'm not looking at the waiver wire. I'm, I'm sitting pretty. Think about your team in the final few weeks of the season. Look at matchups. Look at who your guys are facing. Because right now you could be in the, uh, what, what would it be, the conference final essentially of your playoffs heading the week before the Super Bowl. Yep. And you could have a Lev Bell versus uh, the Ravens matchup. And it's it's looming over you heavily. And you could have picked up a Patty Laird who has a has a you know a fantastic matchup coming this week. Or... You know, a Mostert or yeah, a Mostert or somebody else. They're yeah. very likely. I mean, AJ Brown's still sitting there. We talk about him every right. week. Uh, Darius Slayton's still out there in a lot of leagues. So thinking that your team's set in the final couple of weeks of the season just is not a good strategy. Add the backups. We talked about handcuffs the last five weeks. Add your handcuffs early. If Add players that are get one them now injury. If still there. There's, there's no point. Of exactly. Not I mean, them. The, you got guys on your bench. Like I've got Benny Snell on my bench now that James Conner's back. He's worthless. I wish I had added a handcuff instead of even playing him all, all year. But whatever. <clears throat> Add players that are an injury away from an increased role on their team, which I suppose Benny Snell fit before the Conner right. injury. Well, and, so. and it's it's protecting yourself too, yeah. right? Like so, I'm out of it in one of my leagues, and I was just playing a hole. You know, week thirteen, and I go, what do, what, like, why are these guys still out there? I picked up Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard. I guarantee you, the Dalvin Cook owner, when he saw that Dalvin Cook questionable tag, was shitting his pants. Oh wow! Oh well, there's a Mark Ingram touchdown. Yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> John Brown gets a uh, PI call in the Marquise back. Marquise Brown. Brown. <laughs> uh, Marquise Brown. Excuse me. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad we didn't start. Well, I knew it was him. Like, right, who, who's going deep? I got it. Mark, Marquise Brown will be somebody well, that like we... That's the door set role t- right there. Dude, that was the same play. But anyway, um, no, and, and it, it, it's it's a good point because you have to you have to protect your investment. And if you start and take like a a more of a, a, a macro look at like what your team is, it's investments. Your, your players are investments of the dollars that you put into your league likely uh, and all the time that you spent in there. It, 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 it's only smart to protect that uh, with players that are, uh, you know, going to be able to, if, if something happens to them, jump back in. And, um, and like you said, protecting your investment. If you're in a keeper league and you're out, pick up guys that you think are going to be good for next year, depending on how the keepers in your league work. Sure. I'm in a lot of leagues where if they're on your roster at the end of the year, you can keep them. Right. So yeah. when I'm out, most teams I pick yeah. them up. Or even now, I'll go drop Benny Snell and I'll pick up. A guy who's on, I'll go pick up Lamar Miller, who I'm sure is there. You know what I mean? Probably. So. Yeah, so in oh. Dynasty, I went and just spent all the rest of my fab on um, Boston Scott just because, you know what? Honestly, say Howard's not there next year. Say Ajayi's not there. Well, now he's the number two. Say yeah. if anything happens. And he looked Howard's good last contract? What year? Uh, Scott? No, no uh, Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard is a one-year deal. He got traded year. there, right? Yeah, he got traded there. I'm pretty sure it's a one-year year. deal, okay. and they didn't extend him. So. So, so it's just who, you know, what, what's the possibility at this point? That they're going to be good next year. That's that's what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Take a look. See who's out there. Like in in years past, I've picked up guys like Tyler Eifert who were hurt and you know dropped early in the season. Grab them. Uh, look and look the, at all those is, guys. Go and this go is back strictly and, if you can keep them. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you have the keep ability. If not, there's no point no in doing point. it. Oh, but for sure. On the flip side, if you really want to protect your investment and you potentially don't like some people in your league, go pick guys up that's going to screw with them. Well, and that's you, why oh, you need that's a running back this week. I grab the running back because <laughs> I have priority. 
that's what I did with Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison. I'm like, hey, oh. listen, I'm out of it, but I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting. It. Hold if on. I can't win, nobody's winning. <laughs> um, that call, that, yeah, that call got overturned. Oh, even Mark they, over, they oh, overturned the, uh, the touchdown. Yeah, hold holding on the oh. very left side, but Ugh. nothing about the play. That's so awful. They're back down to the inch yard line. So, um, all right, so we have a we have a. And and we're probably going to kind of continue this segment of just kind of general conversation about different things that we've noticed throughout the year. We'll probably do some reflection on our preseason rankings, adjustments, guys that we're going to be going after next year, guys that we don't even want to touch as far as this year. Because a lot of people also, you see what they did at the end of the year, and you see it, it like, so for example... Kerryon Johnson is somebody that most people are going to sit there and say, well, Kerryon Johnson got hurt last year, so he's going to have a better 2020 because he got hurt. Kerryon Johnson was awful when he was healthy in <laughs> yeah. 2019. So, like, there's also that aspect of you have to understand the entire – what a player looked like the entire year. So and we'll then, have some conversation around that And then new coaching, forward. which I'm pretty sure that – New coaching is new coaching. huge. Well, gee, I don't think Jason Garrett will be the coach of the Cowboys. So. No, I'm talking uh, about uh, Matt Patricia. I don't think he's going to be the coach. Oh, the, the there's Lions a ball prediction. Yeah, fire him. Fire his wow, ass. I mean, what has he got? Five wins in two years? What is it? Hey, he's building. Yeah, well, well he's, he's <laughs> on a better build. pace than Adam Gase. So, <laughs> um, All right, so we have a, a segment here to talk about waivers. I actually personally did not contribute to the waiver uh, article at all this week. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll, I'll let Scotty head this one up. I mean, I won't talk too much. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's on the website. If the waiver is gone, but I'll right. just say, yeah. you know, the guys that should have been picked up, if they're not, then – Waiver one was DeAndre Washington. That's wrong because Josh Jacobs is likely it's back. It's probably still yeah. good to hold on to him. So, though, yeah. In case well, you talk about handcuffs. You talk about handcuffs. You get yeah. – I mean, he's not the greatest, but like we, we saw last week, he got the bulk of the carries. So, um, And two people that I'm shocked are still under 30% owned, Darius Slayton and A.J. Brown, still shocks me that they're – Unbelievable. And then Zach Pascal, if he's still out there, if there's no T.Y. still, he's, he's clear-cut number one receiver yeah if i could jump in real quick yeah. this is the time if you have a guy on your team that went to ir you go grab the next man up so i mean i think a lot of those guys the ball's got to be thrown to someone yeah like ty hilton probably out still and who just went to paris campbell just went to ir yep. so yeah pascal uh marcus johnson adds value yep those are your guys uh, anthony miller as well yep. um adrian peterson with the guys who got that mike andrews it. again andrews, all right yeah adrian peterson no guy so he should get all the Carries there, Pat Lard, Laird, <laughs> Lard. Uh, Ryan Tannehill still only like forty five percent owned, and he's been playing as a top ten quarterback. Grab him, Tyler Higby. If Everett's still out, great sure. tight end right there. Chris Thompson. Um, I wouldn't start, but just a guy to grab just in case. OJ Howard, because why not? Marcus Johnson for the Colts, wide receiver, and then Rashad P- Perriman. I think it's uh, gonna be someone's start of the week or sleeper. So. Um, with Mike Evans out for probably the year, Paraman's going to step into that n- number two role. Um, so, yeah, just go to the site, look at our waivers. I know they're already done, but um, these are guys that should be on teams. If they're, well, if they, uh, and if they didn't get claimed, it should just be more reinforcement to go pick them grab up. Grab them, yeah. yeah. All right, so our next one is I think we had – I don't know where these originated from. I know some of them are from listener questions, and I know some of them are our own personal uh, dilemmas, but it's kind of a this or that. 
Um, I whited out some of the players that were already planning. One of them was Mark Ingram, Love Bell, or Jonah Mixon. You would have had to make those decisions by then. So So if you're listening uh, and you haven't made your decision, you have to start Joe Mixon. Um, But the first one, Monty versus Mostert. Um, Monty plays Green Bay. uh, Mostert plays My question was Bell, Monty, or Mostert. Bell, of course, is playing. I sat him. So now it's Monty or Mostert. Right now, I'm leaning towards Mostert. I mean, I want to get you, your guys' opinion on that. Yeah, I think you have to go Mostert. You have the news coming out. Shanahan says that Mostert's earned a lead back role. You know, take that with a grain of salt. Tevin Coleman, I think, has been his lead back, who hasn't seen the ball in three weeks. So, uh, not a huge bump in confidence there. But what Mostert has done in, you know, still limited carries. He's still pl- splitting time with Brita. He's been impressive. He looks good. So uh, my, my start with is Mostert with full confidence. Uh, Montgomery's been a little bit of a letdown, I think. And Green Bay is a, a much tougher defense than Atlanta. So I think you got to do it. Yeah, so when we were talking about this one, I was um, talking a lot of what I thought about Green Bay's defense and how they've been allowing, you know, about I think it was either middle of the pack or above average to touchdowns. And um, as time went on, I found that Mostert, is definitely going to be a better start. Um, even with Montgomery's, um, you know, usage being maybe a little higher than Mostert's because, you know, all those running backs there. Uh, Mostert's average, I think it was like 16 touches the last two weeks. Montgomery is around that same uh, amount. Uh, but matchup aside, Montgomery is really not doing a lot with what he has. Uh, has I believe his yards per carry this year is around three, three and a half. Um, so that's really not something that I'm, too in love with uh so definitely with with the confidence of uh the coach and and what Mozart's really done with you know even 140 yards with you know 21 touches is still great so uh even outside of a touchdown which he's had three in the last two weeks which probably gonna have another one uh he's he's gonna get you yards so i, I i'm going Mostert. Yeah, um, it, it, our next our next line is uh, Austin Eckler versus Mostert. I'm going to lean Mostert in both cases. Yep, um, this was a Baldy. Yeah, so this, so Bald uh, Ryan Baldinelli, he, he he had a question between Austin Eckler and Mostert. I'm going to lean Mostert in both cases. So if you look at Eckler, Monty, or Mostert, Mostert is the winner for me. Um, Corey made a joke, and he was like. Or, I mean, you, you probably believed it. He's like, Mostert's nasty. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. He's had, like, one carry for a good yard. Um, honestly, watch the tape on this kid. This I kid, deep down believe it. I, I, do, I do, too. Yeah. I, I absolutely 100% believe he is well. Kyle Shanahan's um, Tevin Coleman. Uh, I did a whole thing at the beginning of the year about how I did not believe the Tevin Coleman hype. Like, oh, Kyle Shanahan and Tevin Coleman are reunited. I'm like... I went back and looked at what Kyle Shanahan did with Tevin Coleman in Atlanta. It wasn't much. He has no ties to Tevin Coleman. I think that you see the one thing that Tevin Coleman had going for him is that he was the red zone back. He was the one who was getting the touchdowns, and Brita wasn't Change that. of pace, which I, which what I always said was a better role for Coleman. I think he's got a better game if he's a change of pace guy. Right, and I but. think I think Mostert's taken that, and I mean Mostert's a big dude. I mean he's six one, yeah. six two. It's I don't have of, his exact. It's uh, kind of funny because the right amount now, of but. money they have spent on Coleman and McKinnon, and they've had Col- Coleman's not that yeah. expensive. Five, two, five, two years, yeah. ten million. Yeah, well, still yeah. like five million, five That's a year. Not that much. And then McKinnon. <laughs> I think McKinnon, McKinnon was like thirty five. Mostert's five ten, two oh five. And he runs like a big. He runs heavy. Mostert is making like three hundred k. 
Yeah, and they had <laughs> most of their for the last two years. Like you had this guy there, and you're still signing these other running backs. I just, it still didn't make sense that they had four running backs to start the season. Well, McKinney got hurt in the preseason, but um, so there's actually you uh, and you can just real quick you can you could probably mark this. Mostert's probably going to be my breakout player for 2020. <laughs> I, I, if it's if it's not Corey's, then I'll take it. I'll let, I'll let Corey have first dibs on Mostert. I'll um, pick uh, Ryan Tannehill right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to pick a 33 year old breakout player. Yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> But well, has he ever really broken out? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so. yeah. But no, I mean, uh, as far as Eckler and Mostert go, I'm 100% in the Mostert camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eckler, especially just this week against Minnesota, I think it's a tough matchup. They protect the run well. They play the pass well. They're a, they're just a good overall defense. Atlanta is not. Just don't overthink it. Play the bet. Play the running back against the bad defense. Yeah. And real quick, just on the Monty piece, um, I don't think anybody can have any confidence in knowing what you're getting from Montgomery coming going into this week. Like, he had a good run, then all of a sudden he's not getting the ball, then he's just not producing when he gets the ball. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. 20 you don't know what for 60 yards isn't doing if you're not going to It's not going to win you a fantasy championship, that's and for he's sure. He's had easy matchups the last, I think, I think two the, weeks, I think. He had the easiest schedule from, like, week 10 on. And he's had one breakout game for 16 points not really a breakout uh, by any means but you're right those eight six points they're not gonna win you the week right um yeah the whole Eckler part it's tough because I do I think I have them ranked back to back this week um it's a good problem to have I'm sure this is a flex question um for this guy so I do lean Mostert slightly um yeah, I don't know. It's tough because Eckler was the RB1 last week, but most was the RB3. And they, they both got their 24 and then 29 points, but that came off the 80-yard reception touchdown by Eckler. Yeah, and, and, but how is how's San Fran winning a majority of their games with their defense of the running game? I mean, and that's right. I, yeah. I think that's my biggest lean to Mostert because it's, it's nothing against Eckler. Like, I think Eckler yeah. – I think if you started Eckler, you're going to be just as fine. I just think you're going to get more points from Mostert this week against yep. Atlanta. And uh, honestly, too, I don't think Atlanta's scoring very much. Like, there's going to be a heavy no, ground be, game just for the yeah, fact. Like, game script Brita is, could get – have a – Great game too. Yeah, all three of them could actually. I just have wish a great they game. gave that dude the ball in the red zone. You, you, <laughs> you know what's so, you know what's annoying? Tevin Coleman revenge game. They're probably going to give this guy ten freaking carries just because. So of I fact. have the numbers. Ah, uh, if they do that, though, I know be, on, on that'd be the a year, tough one. So there's a bet out there because I mean, could, can you? Sorry, Craig, but can you even start Tevin Coleman? I dropped him. No, no. Yeah, and I mean, no. and that's the thing, right? Like he goes so out we didn't do get ten hold carries, hold, but he's a guy you can um. Completely fold and let go of. All right, Craig. Sorry. So I have the numbers on um, the bet that we have: Brita versus Coleman on touches throughout the year. Right now, as it stands, Matt Brita has thirteen point two touches per game, and Tevin Coleman has thirteen point zero. So Brita is actually yeah, baby, getting it by point (laughs) two. Now anything can happen in this bet. I'm I'm real confident. But we're we're not doing fractional points. We're running down. But they're even. (laughs) So it's it's, yeah, it's tied. (laughs) All right, that's crap. All All right, right, want to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's get on to the next one. This one's mine. I actually think I know the answer as time has gone on (laughs) talking about it. But it's one thing where it's like, do I take the name the 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 player that you know I, I I have trusted or the guy that 
I really think is probably breaking out and maybe a league winner at this point in the season. And so the question is Darius Slayton uh, versus Miami or Christian Kirk versus Cleveland. Now, granted, there's an injury situation going on where Christian Kirk might not even play, um, but say he plays, he's obviously been the number one target for, for Kyler Murray, or do I go with Eli Manning and hope that I that two touchdowns happens again with Darius Slayton? Yeah, so we're going to just assume off the top that Christian Kirk's playing. If he sits, right. obviously don't play him. But if he plays, I'm playing Christian Kirk against Cleveland. I think the game's going to be closer, and it, it kind of boils down to game script. Darius Slayton very well might be the reason that you know the Giants are up 14 nothing in Miami early, and maybe he has those two touchdowns. But then his day ends there. Christian Kirk is probably going to see the ball throughout the game against Cleveland, more than likely. But it's tough. Um, I love Darius Slayton. I, I think he is he's in for a big week. I just think Christian Kirk is in for a better week, assuming he plays. Kirk's just safer. Yeah. You just, just got to go with the guy that you started all year. You can't go with the shiny new toy, even though I want to play with it so bad. But The so, funny, funny thing is, is I'm actually leaning towards Slayton. The, the looming yeah, factor for Slayton as well I mean, is that it, Evan Ingram might be back. Miami. Yeah. yeah so if Ingram is back. It, that's a huge point. And he wasn't in the injuries. I, I have no idea what his... his, his uh, questionable, status. limited both days this week. Okay. Yeah, hoping I, so, for a full participation because he was limited all week last week and then sat on Sunday. So you need to see a full participation tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna lean Kirk here. Um, I think Kirk has the safer floor than Darius Slayton does. I am. I just hate Eli Manning. I, I just Eli Manning and fantasy that playoffs first half, just don't go together. Re- really good. It also kind of feels like a trap because they're playing Miami. Too. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It, right. Also, Miami though has no incentive to win at this point. Neither do the Giants, for that matter. But right. they're they're in a tank. It's couple school yeah, it's just Eli Manning versus Ryan Fitzpatrick's Fitzpatrick gonna crush baby. Him. <laughs> um, All right, so I think Kirk there, Craig. I think Zelina yeah, Darius Slayton. Yeah, I am, but but I wanted you guys' opinion because this Three is to my one own shotgun bet. lineup. <laughs> I mean, my own lineup question. These questions are are really close, and that's why we have them. All here, and like, I'm actually you, happy it ended up turning out that way because it gives me the confidence in Kirk that I lacked before asking the question. Right? Yeah, that's so, why we came up with the segment because I I was peppering you guys with questions all week. Like, well, if Connor's healthy, do you play Connor? Or how about if these guys go? So um, yeah. Right, so the next head. one um, that's actually good that you did that. Uh, the next one is another one from me um, where Craig I just have, doesn't know how to play in the playoffs. Well, I mean, there's a few from you guys. I don't know how to play in the playoffs. <laughs> Dak Prescott versus the Rams, where I'm just I have a lack of faith. It was last week, and my trust issues is Dak Prescott. Um, he almost Daddy looked issues. like he got like seven fantasy points last week until like the last two minutes of the game, and that was I think it was last Thursday. Dak stinks. So he he ended up helping me out, and I won the league, uh, won the week by one point. But I, I was sweating it out with Dak, and I have a lot of issues with him. Or do I go with a guy that I started last week? Um, he's going to be, you know, tease, tease a little bit into the next one, Tannehill. Um, do I go with Tannehill, who's, who's been, you know, the shiny new toy? Or there's another question out here. One of you guys have an issue that's, that's with, me. with either Tannehill or, or Kyler. Kyler Murray versus Cleveland. So what quarterback, where, where do we rank out of these three? One, two, three. Tannehill, number one. Just because of the matchup against Houston. Yeah, see, I actually lean Kyler. But I would go Tannehill, Kyler, Dak, which is probably the inverse of Dak's, their, Dak's their rankings third. currently, which yeah. is kind of interesting. 
yeah that, the season that Dax, Dax my third and and I go Kyler and honestly like when we did the whole like what have you learned uh, one of the things we could have learned this year is that uh, quarterbacks who have the ability to rush the ball are going to be top 10 fantasy quarterbacks yep, 100% uh, and I think that's why I kind of lean Kyler Murray plus Houston uh, Tennessee is a divisional game that I, I hate I I have an issue with divisional games in I know you love Ryan Tannehill, but he's still a mediocre no, quarterback. Uh, I, I <laughs> actually looked past the divisional point of that, and I think that's a great point. Divisional matchups are always trouble. But Tannehill with his weapons on the field, yeah. you know, Derrick Henry forcing Houston to respect the run opens up the pass game. I after last week, I don't think you can sit the guy. It's just so hard to do. It's very hard. So yeah, I think so I think I am is playing everybody- Tannehill over Kyler as of right now. But that's still tough. I mean, it it's a good problem to have, but you want to hit on the right start. Yeah, and, so, that, and that's the tough part of this. So when I was actually looking at quarterback sits, Kyler Murray was in consideration for me, and I'll tell you why. Is because Cleveland Browns in pass attempts are top five, so they allow um, the fifth least because uh, they're pass always attempts. losing. <laughs> um, and, well, and that and that might be that might stat. be a, a reason. And then the other stat is is that they don't allow a lot of uh, receiving touchdowns. Again, that also could be the fact that there's a lot of more people running on the ground. Um, so that could be null and void. But the fact that this offense really only passes and there's hardly any much of a, a running game. Um, but for me, uh, I, I'm I'm playing Tannehill over Dak. I don't trust him against the Rams. Um, and then Kyler Murray, I'll have him behind Dak Prescott. Uh, that's just my view on Kyler this week. So at the end of the day, you're starting one, and it's Tannehill. Yeah, yep. agreed. All right, this next one is probably the best. It's brought to you by yours truly. I know. <laughs> I love. I well, this question. probably this is a good one. Yeah, this is what I'm going through. And the flex yeah, it, well, it might be irrelevant because my wide receivers on this team right now are Christian Kirk, AJ Brown, and DJ Shark. And if TJ Shark doesn't go, You're I'm playing AJ Brown. I'm going to play AJ Brown in the wide receiver and AP in my flex. But pretty, right now, I've got pretty young team. Yeah, <laughs> and then this old guy. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, I picked all of these guys <laughs> off. But uh, I picked all these guys up rather. Um, AJ Brown versus or v, AJ Brown against Houston and Adrian Peterson versus Philadelphia. It's a tough one because Adrian Peterson now doesn't have Darius Geis there, and you're thinking he's going to get all the work. But he's playing Philly, who's a great run defense. Yep. And he's on the Washington Redskins, who stink at football. Then you have A.J. Brown. They're less than average. Yeah. A.J. Brown, who's playing Houston. Again, we just talked about with Tannehill. Bad defense, or bad pass defense. Not a terrible run defense. But divisional matchup, it gives you pause. A.J. Brown's had some huge weeks. He's had some dud weeks. I don't know what to do. Right now, I think I'm going to play A.J. Brown and let AP sit on my bench. I'm kind of just hoping that Shark doesn't play, because then it makes my life easier. I can't make a wrong decision. But... Yeah, I mean, it's tough to sit AP knowing that he's a lead back. And he succeeded in tough matchups going yeah. into that. I remember going into Minnesota? the bye week. Was that the game he like tore up against? Yeah, monster game, revenge game. Yeah, and I remember I remember that streak of bad weeks. Like There was there was a Miami game that was fluttered in there. We're like, start AP. Now sell him as much sell, as you sell, can. Sell, 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 and sell, sell. he had three tough weeks in a row going into the bye, and he killed it. Yep, and then Darius guys came back, and he still was killing it. Yeah, he had fifteen point four, and then thirteen point nine. Right, it was like okay, I'll still play the guy. You, you and now guys is gone. The guy. Yeah, and now guys is gone. He could have had maybe twenty points if if guys wasn't there either week. You know, so I 
I lean AJ Brown though. I, I lean AJ Brown. His upside uh, yeah, is through I mean, the roof. Thir- Thirty-one last week, but six the week before. Two but touchdowns it's, it's in Houston. like 150 yards. It's Houston. It might the not matter because Mark Ingram's putting in is work the, right is, now. But. He's the slot receiver, yeah. the 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 deep threat, the red zone target. He's everything. <laughs> he's yeah. he's, so he's good. Brian Tannehill, shiny toy. So uh, that's a great stack going yeah. into the into yeah. the. Well, first that's the thing, right? Playoffs. So I'm going to start Ryan. If I'm going to start Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to start AJ Brown with him. Yeah. Just oh, you got double points. Gotta. Yep. Yeah. So AJ Brown's mine. All right. Yeah. I would. I would say that it's funny, but their floors are actually kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, and so with so with salary. that, you have the ability to you know get a obviously the higher ceiling. Yeah, I would say their floors are both right around like seven points, six seven points, and yeah, then Which AJ Brown's about. ceiling might be twenty, and AP ceiling is probably fifteen. AJ, I mean AJ, AJ Brown ceiling is honestly probably closer to thirty. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, no, it, it's probably like twenty six points. Yeah. Dude, is that cra- oh, is Robbie? Uh, Robbie. Um, all right, who who did who put this last one in here? That would be me as well. All right, this is a different league. Keenan Allen or Stephon Diggs, both flex plays again. Um, this is my hardest one. I don't want to play Diggs at all because he's so volatile. And we don't really know if Thielen's going to be back. He's actually if if Thielen goes, I'll probably play Diggs. If Thielen does, which is so counterintuitive for wide receivers, but I mean, but it's Diggs been a is, counterintuitive offense. Yeah. Then on season. then on the flip side, you got Keenan Allen, who's playing Minnesota. Well, they're playing each other, so right. Keenan Allen's playing Minnesota. Diggs playing the Chargers. Xavier Rhodes, baby. But yeah, right. so Keenan Allen gets locked up by Xavier Rhodes more than likely, and you see like Mike Williams do most of the work, or you see Austin Eckler catch some balls, you see uh, Melvin Gordon do some work. It's just, it's a risky play, I think. So, I mean, what does Philip Rivers look like in his in one of his last games as a, a Charger? Yeah, might might not be might not be uh, pretty pretty good. So I don't know. I I personally am actually uh, gonna lean Keenan Allen. Um, only because the two safeties for uh, the Chargers just got back last week, and I believe in both, and I believe in what I saw last week, and I don't trust Diggs, and so I, I'm I'm gonna go with a guy who's gonna be a target hog. Yeah, that's a good point. Derwin James might murder Stephon Diggs on any yeah, game I play. Yeah, yeah, I don't trust Keenan Allen. I, I don't love either play, but yeah. one of them should hit big. Yep. Um, or they're both just get yeah. eight points. Well, I think I think I think, I think Keenan Allen is. You know, you're talking about flo- floors and ceilings. He's got a better floor than Diggs mm-hmm. does, but it's by like three points. Yeah, it's, yeah, so. it's not huge. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a tough one. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's about all we got for this this podcast. Yeah, so. and if any of you guys out there have questions for us, you know, similar, you know, pairings, people that you're struggling to decide over as we head towards you know Sunday. Give us a shout. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Tweet. tweet. Get oh. your handcuffs, please, Get for Christ's handcuffs sake. Yeah. <laughs> handcuffs. Yeah. Handcuffs for yeah, sale. There's, 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 only, there's only two more weeks. You know who you're already starting this week, or at least maybe a few questions. There are three people, I can guarantee you, on your bench that you're not going to play this week or next week. So get those guys. Unless they're injured. very good. Don't drop them because then well, the, yeah, the, the yeah, guy you're the, playing guess, might pick them up and play him. But yeah, that's that's the, true, the too. The obvious guys you weren't playing. Another thing, now that you do have limited people in a lot of leagues do this where those uh, transactions are withheld from people that are outside of the playoffs, now that you only have a few people looking at waiver wires and, and, and trying to get players, if they have a tight end problem or a quarterback problem, try and find a way to get those quarterbacks away. If you have the room on your roster, try and find a way to get those quarterbacks that might be good plays this week or next week 
Or actually, let's not look too far forward. All right, let's let's, let's not get ahead let's, of ourselves. Let's, let's, let's play week to week, time. Craig. Let's <laughs> play week to week. Let's play week to we're, week. Week to week. We're to we're on to podcast forty. Trade deadline of, <laughs> of two thousand twenty. Who do you want? Who do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Just look at trying to uh, block them from people too, if you have the ability. Yeah, big fan of blocking. Yeah, blo- blocking is fun. Take all the quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna do it. Um, you know, as Corey said, go ahead and ask us those questions. Please stay tuned for the next one, the start uh, start and sit podcast. We're gonna get into all of what we like this week and what we don't like. Uh, so again, find us at Top Shelf FNTSY on Twitter and Instagram. Go to our website at topshelfantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose.